you can't understand the amount of pain that the Indonesian people are going through right now. I mean, people are fundraising to get food because there's not enough. I mean, it's, it's horrible. It's really, really horrible because everybody works with tourism and there just has been nothing since March. Welcome to another episode of the Ocean Pancake Podcast. Today I have Sarah from Azul Unlimited, which is a scuba diving shop based in Komodo, Indonesia. We talk about all things COVID-19, tourism, what happens with online courses, whether it's worth to become a scuba diving instructor right now, and a whole lot more. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to this and highly encourage you to check out Azul Unlimited on YouTube and watch their video about uh, not falling in love with a scuba diver. Every day, there's a new news story about the crisis facing our ocean, whether it's the plastic issue, overfishing, pollution. If the oceans die, we die. Fortunately, we have plenty of environmental activists, marine conservationists, and eco-warriors who are out there every day fighting to protect our oceans and our Earth. On the Ocean Pancake Podcast, we're going to be hearing from some of them about how to decrease our environmental footprint, go plastic-free, participate in ocean conservation, cleanups, and even maybe some marine science. So, welcome to the Ocean Pancake Podcast, where the goal is sustainability and living a turquoise life. My name is Kat Andreskova, and I'm your host today. Let's get into this week's episode. another episode of the Ocean Pancake Podcast. Today I'm here with Sarah from Azul Unlimited. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so glad we finally found the time which works for both of us. <laughs> yes. Um, Sarah and I have been planning to do this podcast, I don't know, for months, I think? It's been a while. It's been um, a while. Yeah, because for those of you guys who don't know, um, I have a YouTube channel as well, and so does Sarah with Azul Unlimited, which is a dive shop in Komodo, and they do amazing videos all about scuba diving and tips and tricks, and uh, we did a collaboration on there, so I highly recommend you go check that out. Um, so, and then this is the next kind of step of our working together. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Excited for this. Um. So kind of let's let's get back to the start. So you started a dive shop. Can you tell us a little bit about Azul Unlimited and how that came to be and where you are? Yeah, so Azul Unlimited started out like the brand started out between me and my partner. We um, teach instructors. So he, Itor, is a, a course director and I'm IDC staff and we teach Patty instructor development courses so that started we started the brand a handful of years ago and then wanted to turn it into a dive shop so um, a friend of ours joined us and we went looking around for a place to open went diving in Komodo three days fell in love bought a boat (laughs) and you know did the thing um so yeah, we we started 
let's see, we opened in April 2019, and it was a really good, successful first year, and then COVID came. So that's where we're at. (laughs) So we actually started talking, I think, before the whole COVID-19 crisis happened, and I was really excited um, because what Sarah and her partner did um, is kind of beyond what many dive shops do, which is they not only, well, I'm assuming because I've never had the chance to go diving there, have a great diving operation, but they are also uh, putting a lot of effort into online presence and education for the general public who can't necessarily go and scuba dive. So um, how did you decide to kind of incorporate that online honestly it's um it started out just as like an idea for marketing just to Mm -hmm. you know get our website to be a little bit stronger um connect with different people bring different a different market to komodo because it really uh there there aren't a lot like the market in Komodo is very European, Australian. Uh, there's not a lot of Americans. And so I kind of saw it as an opportunity, like, hey, let's get the word out a little bit. And, you know, we're American-owned, at least part of it. And <laughs> let's get some Americans out here. Because usually Americans go to Indonesia, they dive in Komodo, they go on liveaboards, right? Mm-hmm. They book ahead and they do that. And we just have a, we have a really beautiful um, 18-meter daily trip boat. So, um, that was kind of the original idea, you know, just doing blogs and stuff. And, um, then we started to get into YouTube because I actually had a short lived channel, uh, for teaching yoga Oh, cool! and yeah, yeah, it actually, it was doing pretty well, but then I was an idiot and deleted the thing. I, we don't need to go into that. That was a total, total nightmare. But the nice thing is that having that channel taught me what could be done mm-hmm. on YouTube. And I was like, you know, let's, let's try this out. But honestly, like the first year, a little bit less, but the, you know, the beginning of opening the shop, we just didn't have time. I was putting a video mm-hmm. out maybe once a month, if yeah. I was lucky, uh, just because, I mean, it was go, go, go all the time because we, you know, business owners and, um, also the main instructors and guides for the shop. So yeah, that's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. So it just wasn't, it wasn't really like growing super fast. It wasn't something that we were putting a lot of time into. Um, but then when COVID hit, you know, I just saw it as a huge opportunity. (laughs) Um, no, it's okay. Um, you know, I saw it as a huge opportunity just to, um, still teach. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's the big thing. Like so many of our friends are just kind of like hanging out and waiting and whatever. And, and this just gives us a platform to keep teaching people and to keep, um, connected with our students because, you know, a lot of them are really, I mean, we're talking to a lot of them. We're all suffering. It's a really tough time. And so if our silly little videos can educate or entertain or, you know, do something, I, I like that. Like that, that makes me feel good, you know, that we can still provide something even though we're still pretty much closed. 
Yeah, I I know what you mean in terms of that because it's been a it's been over a year since I've officially taught um, diving because after I came back from the Comoros in Africa, I just I moved to places where I wasn't teaching, and the YouTube channel really helped me still stay connected. And while I'm not a instructor right now, I you know I have that experience and I've I have these stories and I want to share them with people and people really resonate even if it's online, you know, getting to know, um, like, what the different courses are about and what they can look out for and just, um, and the feedback I get from people, I think you would have the same. It's just totally feeling connected through this very disconnected and isolated time, especially. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the response has been just awesome. I mean, our channel has grown so much since, um, really dedicating time to it. And it's just been so cool. You know, I, we've gotten connected to people who want to take online courses. I did an Mm -hmm. online, um, side mount fitting with, with a guy and, you know, just like these little, yeah, little connections coming through and, and it wouldn't be there if it wasn't for YouTube. You know, there's not a lot of us doing the scuba thing on YouTube. No. And so it's it's a cool platform to to be a part of. It's I I especially love the video. I think this is one of your most like popular mini viral videos you had was like never fall in love with a scuba diver because Patty has that very famous video, which is it's beautifully it's, done. I mean, it's but it's <laughs> so romanticized. You know? It's so cringy, honestly. <laughs> like I, when I saw it, I, I mean, I saw it many years ago, right? That video mm. is is like several years yeah. old. Someone sent it to me in like 2014, 15, like yeah, wow. yeah. <laughs> so when we when we were starting up the the YouTube channel again, like actually putting some mm-hmm. some real thought behind it. That was always on the back of my mind. I was like, I want to do just a rip on Patty. You yeah. Know, I want to do this. Don't fall in love with the scuba diver. And, and my, you know, my friends, we were quarantining on, on an island, like a really, really small island, uh, in Komodo. And they were like, okay, okay. And finally I pushed them, like, okay, we're going to do this. And it was so much fun, man. It's so much fun. <laughs> yeah. And it's cause it, it, <laughs> I always make jokes like I know my partner wants to be with me because they've seen me after scuba diving or after free diving when I look like a drowned rat. My hair is all over the place. <laughs> I have snot coming out of my everywhere. Um, I, I don't wear makeup or if I do wear makeup, I look like a raccoon. Um, and if they still want to be with me after that, you know, it, you know, it's about what's inside that counts. And um, it's. It's funny because you really like portrayed that well. Um, a lot of people ask me like, "How can you be so confident to like talk in front of people or like be, you know, stand up in front of a, a class, whether it's a high school class or um, a diving class?" And I was like, "Look, honestly, when you <laughs> when you teach diving, you look like shit, um, and you just accept that, and you still have to keep people's attention, and you become confident in yourself, and then you realize it's all about." your attitude and I don't know I, I feel like that video captured it just so beautifully like it's just oh thank you <laughs> it's just this really bizarre um group of people scuba divers just a bunch of weirdos 100 percent 
Yeah. And we all find each other or we convert <laughs> people, you know, to be scuba divers. It's, mm. it's, you know, it's a thing. <laughs> it's good. So if you, if you guys haven't seen it, I highly recommend going to check that out because it made me giggle a few times and guilty look into my um, cupboard, which might be filled with like seven wetsuits and 15 masks and... <laughs> I was actually just selling dollar bills everywhere, <laughs> just dollar bills. <laughs> I was um I was selling some like masks on um, marketplace on Facebook just cuz we have too many cuz both me and my partner were both divers. So between the two of us, I think we had like 20 masks in our home and I was like, "Okay, this is too much. We don't we don't run a dive shop. Like we don't need this many." And I like put them up. I put like four or five up for sale and someone actually messaged me like, "Where are you getting all these masks? Are you stealing them?" I'm like, no, I'm just a dive, dive, dive instructor. Sorry, like, just it happens. It happens. <laughs> it just accumulates. What can you do? Um. Anyway, so you you mentioned a little bit that you were quarantining on this small island, and that COVID kind of changed the landscape. But what what was your day like before COVID happened? Like as as a shop owner and instructor and lead guide like that seems like a lot of responsibility and work it was yeah it definitely was uh you know we always try and tell our instructor candidates or dive masters this is tough work you you kind of look at it and there's that romanticized side of Mm -hmm working as a dive master, dive guide, instructor. And it's like, yes, there are those really great uh, moments, but it's like, it's hard work. So I don't know, on average before COVID, I mean, we ran daily trips. So every single Mm -hmm. day we were out, um, we would gather our clients at seven o'clock in the morning, head out on the boat, have an hour and a half out to Komodo do three dives, come back by around five or so, talk to clients, get ready for the next day. Um, so it was, yeah, yeah, really long days, beautiful diving, absolutely stunning, uh, but very tiring. And we would close the shop at seven. And sometimes, I mean, we would just have more and more work to do. I, I was in charge, like my, or still, I'm still in charge of this, but my role is the online presence. Mm-hmm. So Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, the website, marketing, all of that. And so that was like the stuff that I did in my downtime office time. And yeah, yeah it you know, because sometimes people are like, oh, okay, whatever, social media marketing, like that's just a few things you know whatever it's It's not like (laughs) oh my god it's so much it's so much um so yeah it was it was really really busy but we kind of had this mentality of you know the first year is gonna be hard because starting a business is yeah hard it's difficult it's just that it is yeah it is what it is and so in my mind it was like okay we're gonna really work our asses off for Mm -hmm the beginning and we're slowly going to ease into something more sustainable and that's really where we were heading to be honest like we had such an amazing first year i i still am like i'm so proud of mm-hmm. this brand you know we we got 
brand new. We climbed up to number three on TripAdvisor in Komodo for, yeah, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I honestly could not believe it. But we just had so many great reviews, such wonderful, like, big-time supporters. It's it's just been mind-boggling, you know, but nothing can prepare a brand-new business for being shut down as long as we've been shut down. And so that's been the struggle. Yeah. And so what did the shutdown look like in um in Indonesia? Like what what happened? I know it's a little while ago now, but what <laughs> what did Honestly. COVID do? <laughs> Honestly, it's it's still just like a very confusing mess over there. The mm-hmm. the government has not I mean, not that very many governments have dealt with it in graceful ways. I I feel like it's a lose lose situation for anybody who's making decisions because people yeah. are always gonna be upset. Yeah. But it was very confusing because they basically, we got these rumors that things were closing down. So like people were fleeing the islands because they didn't want to get stuck there. You know, there's not a whole lot going on besides, you know, the national park. Um, So they, they all left and really nothing happened until about April. I think, I think in April, they actually closed down the airport. So we were still getting national flights um, through probably mid-April, which was really strange because they kept threatening that they were going to shut down the airport. So we're like, okay, when is this happening? But I think they were kind of, I think Ramadan was sort of affecting decisions, (laughs) to be honest. Things closed down Um, during Ramadan. They're like, you know what, we got to (laughs) just... It it was interesting. It was an interesting time. But then, so the airport was closed for a while. And then it started, I honestly, like, time is so weird and relative. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember all of this stuff. But they opened national flights again sometime in the summer. And they kept pushing back. Like, originally, it was, oh, we're going to open again in the summer. Mm-hmm. Or like, great. We'll just hang out. We'll wait this out. No big deal. We can handle this. And then it was October. We're like, okay, that's not great, but like, we can work with that. And then it just kept going. And now we're still, we're hearing 2021. We have no idea. And that's just where we're at. You know, it's, it's kind of this weight game to see, I guess. I don't know if people are just like waiting, governments are waiting for a vaccine. I I have no idea. I don't know what the mm-hmm. real plan is. We're we're technically open to domestic tourism, but there's not a whole lot, to be honest. Yes. There's just not. And with so many dive shops starving, I mean like you can't understand the amount of pain that the Indonesian people are going through right now. I mean, people are fundraising to get food because there's not enough. I mean, it's, it's horrible. It's really, really horrible because everybody works with tourism and there just has been nothing since March. 
we're very lucky to live in like a privileged place here in Australia where even places that are dependent on tourism, they got JobKeeper and like various things from the government to support them. But yeah, places like Indonesia or maybe Thailand or any of these places, like I cannot imagine what shutting off tourism has been doing to the populations which are so dependent on it. Like, do you do you have many local employees or like your your friends there? What what are they doing right now? What like is the government helping? Like, what's happening? The government, at least for us in Labuan Bajo, they provided um, enough food for maybe like five days. I would say. Uh, there may have been some payments to local people, but I can't recall right mm-hmm. now that there was any kind of financial, I really can't remember. Uh, but we did get a food shipment for people, but it was literally like a bag of rice. And I don't know if you know the food around those parts, but they go through a bag you know, this big of rice and and nothing. So it really just wasn't, it wasn't a lot of help. So what we've been doing is we have minimum staff on because we just, again, we also, it's a weird balance because you want to be there for the community, but you also need to have a business there for them to have jobs once you open up again so it's a really hard balance we're paying i mean those of us in management positions haven't had salaries since you know february Mm -hmm. um and we're paying our people what we can um but it's it's a real struggle and you know a lot of people have just left some of the the bigger towns and they've gone back to their small villages where they can live with their family who you know have farms or mm-hmm. something else that kind of like life is a little bit more normal um so the the tourist towns have really become quite ghost like and Labuan Bajo has been really interesting because they're <sighs> There's been a lot of, like, construction and stuff. Like, I mean, they're taking the opportunity to sort of fix the infrastructure that has been so lacking for such a long time. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, all this money is being spent to do something like that. I I don't know. It feels like priorities are a little bit all over the place. But Mm -hmm. I also, I recognize that I don't speak Bahasa. I don't know what's going on behind closed doors of the government. So, you know, I can't really say that much about it, but it does seem a little strange. So, I mean, all of us who have business there, we're trying our best to support our people, but it's just getting to a point where, I mean, it's been so many months without any kind of revenue or anything. It's crazy. And I think the scariest part is we don't know how many more months it's going to be. That's the thing. That's the thing. We're all praying that 2021 we're going to open and all this, but I really, I've gotten to this point where I have zero expectations of anything positive coming of it, which Mm -hmm. like sounds really dark or whatever, but like, I just, I, I have to mentally prepare myself for that because that's, that's what we've been facing. 
Yeah. You know, we have to prepare for that. We can't just gamble and be like, oh, by March, we'll have tourism again and we'll be doing just fine. It's like, no, I don't think we will. Yeah. I don't. I hope so. But who knows? This episode of the Ocean Pancake podcast is sponsored by you guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this, to like it, to share it with your friends, and talk about it on uh, Girls That Scuba and other Facebook groups, because I'm constantly seeing people recommending this podcast, and it means so much to me to see that people appreciate the interviews I have here and that you guys enjoy listening to the guests as much as I do, and I really hope you guys are learning as much as I am about all things killer whales and turtles and scuba diving and free diving and I have so many amazing episodes coming up so thank you so much if you want to help me even more you can uh, become a patron patreon.com forward slash ocean pancake there we get into a whole heap of behind the scenes footage I chat to you guys we have small Q&A's some live streams you get other kind of benefits through discounts and free t-shirts and all sorts of stuff so yeah if you want to become a turtle shark or killer whale come join the ocean warrior tribe on ocean pancake at patreon thank you so much for listening and yeah thanks i know you're saying you get a lot of australians and i know like all of my friends here are like dying to well not dying sorry that's that's uh (laughs) too too dramatic of a word they're looking forward to very much being able to travel again and like spend their money you know and it would be so good for us to be able to go overseas especially to places like Indonesia and actually you know input some of the money that we've been lucky enough to receive because you know Australia's government is very wealthy and well Mm -hmm. off although apparently we're spending a whole bunch of money where we're going into debt to who knows what i don't even understand how these debts work where's the money coming from what is happening (laughs) oh boy we're gonna get way off track if we go there (laughs) um but back to back to um diving and covid and everything um i've found a lot of people are really enjoying you know, the YouTube videos and things that we're creating with dive advice, but I've also been receiving so many messages about like, hey, I want to become a diving instructor right now. And like, what what are the steps? And people want to be doing their dive courses. And I was just wondering, like, what are your perspectives on, um, you know, diving during this time in a way? Because like, of course, you want to continue online courses as much as you can, but then you can't do the like physical aspects of it and then like is it worth for people to go through that part and at least give some money um you know virtually and then hopefully be able to dive in x many months but then will it still be valid and what are your thoughts on all of this (laughs) yeah it's it's tough because we really um we're we're pushing the online courses Mm -hmm. um but yeah, that is there is a gamble because technically the the referrals they're they're good for a year. Yeah. I what I really what I like to say is, you know, if you want to do stuff like that, support the businesses that you want to support. Mm-hmm. So, if you can do your open water course and like say you really enjoy 
you know, our, our YouTube videos. You want to do the online portion with us and you're hoping maybe you can go to Komodo next year, but you do have local diving available. Mm -hmm. So you can support small businesses, whether it's us or, you know, of, you know, some of your friends or somebody you've met has dive shop somewhere else. You can support them by doing the theory with those mm -hmm. instructors and those dive shops. I think that's great because then you're at least you're, you're spreading the wealth, right? Mm -hmm. You're getting, and you're getting different perspectives and different um, information from different instructors. So that's a really nice option, but it is kind of dependent on like being able to do that, the physical part, but yeah. there are, there are options, to be honest. I mean, there are places in the world that are diving and they're mm -hmm. doing, they're doing stuff, you know, limited capacity or, um, you know, private charters or whatever. So there are options. And because we do have the online platform, you can support dive shops all over the world by taking whatever you can with them. You know, yeah. Um, we've we've done that with a handful of people who've just gone through the theory with us, and we sit down and we do Zoom and we we chat about it and everything. Um, and then you know they're either gonna continue locally with local yeah. diving, or hopefully plan to come visit us. Um, so that's that's kind of my position on it. Uh. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. But I think this whole like the Zoom and everybody getting so used to these online platforms is really amazing. It's allowed us to reach students that we just wouldn't have had the opportunity to before. And you were saying um, that you do the Zoom calls face to face because I know when when I was teaching, Patty offers a lot of like e-learning options and online options, but those are just like clicking through various pages. And um, right. well, you know, Patty's try to make it as involved as possible. We all know that nobody learns as good by clicking through these things. I know this because I'm a massive nerd. And if I have a course to do like that, I'm paying attention to 20%. Yeah. you can just next next so you actually do yeah. the face-to-face -face, um we part? do yeah yeah we offer that because i think it's it's really important i think it's super important to to spend that time and explain things that aren't super clear and answer the questions that they don't get answered because they weren't paying attention during yeah. <laughs> the coursework and also just to like again we are like dying to have mm -hmm. that connection with our yeah. students so it's it's so fulfilling to us too to sit down and be like there you are okay let's talk about it you know um yeah. it's it's really i think it's really important and that's it's not necessary by patty standards that we do this but mm -hmm. it's something that we offer with our mm -hmm. online courses because we think it's important and it's valuable. Oh, definitely. I think, I think it's it's just so much of a different um, like experience when you have someone to talk to about these things. And because the Patty courses are great and they cover a lot of things, but we know which parts to 
focus on or to repeat or to like draw attention to because there's a lot of information in those textbooks and in the courses and some is much more like valuable or like crucial for people to remember than other parts yeah and just to get clarification and like Mm. real world application that's that's the biggest thing that's also what we try and touch on with our youtube videos yeah because people just you don't you get so much information in a lot of these courses but then also like not enough at the same time yeah it's a really weird dichotomy (laughs) like it doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes so it's good to have the face-to-face yeah well hopefully in the future (laughs) can go back to all face-to-face I don't know do you think you'll still continue doing the online versions like for the upcoming months and stuff are people like signing up or How's Patty? Well, is Patty like supporting? What's happening? What's Patty doing? <laughs> what is, what is Patty doing? What is Patty doing? Um, a lot of the world's not diving, so it's just a bit. Yeah. So, oh man, that's a loaded question. I, for us personally, or us as a shop. I believe that we will continue to offer these kinds of online courses for quite a while mm-hmm. because I, as much as I want to believe that people, once we get the green light to go and travel, I still think it's going to take a long time for it to get to a place that even barely resembles what we had the f- first handful of months that we were open yeah so i i think we're gonna hold on to those as far as patty it's been kind of an interesting week um for for those i don't know if you've been getting the emails but um i don't look at them because i'm like i can't deal with more things (laughs) i hear you i hear you um so patty came out and we actually have a video out. I tour did a whole chat about what Patty is offering uh, dive professionals. Yeah. Yeah. So that came out a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting because basically like the original uh, idea from Patty was that they are not increasing any of their fees because they, they increase their fees every single year for everything. So that's materials, that's yeah. uh, Patty Pro renewals, that's dive shop renewals, everything gets a price increase every single year. So one of their things was, we're not increasing prices. Right? I still can't believe how much they increase the prices every year, but that's sudden. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So they, they're they not increasing the prices. Uh, and then they... They are giving Patty professionals, the ones who renew, um, I instructors get like 21 codes for digital materials. Now, this is just to get the materials. This is not to get like certification codes mm-hmm. to use for students. It's just to be able to get the materials. Now, I don't like to bash or anything like patty is a business they have a business model they do their thing to you know run a business um i personally think that these codes and having 
materials available to instructors should have been available when all of us got certified. Yeah. That's my own personal thing because the fact that we certify instructors who then who have gone through an IDC with us without ever having seen the digital materials that their students are going to be working with that's problematic yeah that is very problematic and so i'm glad that they've decided okay we're going to give you codes to be able to get the materials and everything but you know probably should have been something that was done a long time ago but whatever um but basically <laughs> the day that we uploaded our video for the instructor fees the dive master fees all the patty stuff I think about three hours before we were laughing so hard because three hours before I think um oh gosh I'm gonna forget their name uh is it Divers Ready yeah is that that's yeah that's the other YouTube, YouTube channel right? that's the third that's the I feel like the third diving YouTube channel yeah so they uploaded a video like three hours before us that was I think the title was should you cross over from patty oh yeah i saw that one <laughs> yeah and we were we saw that and i was like we were about to go to premiere and i was like oh shit this is gonna get real and <laughs> so so three hours later we have our video up and not that you know again we try not to bash like that's not our yeah our patty's game. given you know, us so much like i mean it's great. And I love it. And but... there's a lot of bureaucracy and stuff that, you know, what are you going to do? I We want to teach Patty courses, so this is what we do, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, basically, those two videos got up. I have no idea if it's a coincidence, but I think it's pretty funny, the timing. Because yeah. basically, SSI was started offering... Free. I, I don't know all the details, but I think free crossovers to SSI. So I'm pretty sure that Patty kind of saw that and was like, oh, oh yeah, got to do something. Yeah. So literally, like later that day or the next day, they sent a big email saying that they're offering a discount for uh, Patty renewal, the Patty Pro re renewal fees. So it's just kind of a funny little backstory. I just, I, I think it's, it's pretty, pretty interesting, the timing. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw that, those two videos as well. Um, uh, I'm still hearing so many people who do want to continue on with their education, though, which is great, and become instructors. I was just wondering about your perspective of that, of, um, you know, more people becoming certified as instructors during this time. Um, yeah. Like, should people still go for it? Is it a worthwhile investment of their money right now? Or do you think people should just keep accumulating dives and maybe some experience and before jumping into that? Or what do you think? So my, my thing is I... I think right now is a great time to do something like that. If, you know, you've been working a normal job, mm -hmm. you've not been spending any money because you're quarantining or just kind of like doing your thing and you've got the time. Yeah. That I, I would say 
Absolutely. If you want to go with it, there if there's a program that's nearby, you know, in your hometown or, or somewhere close by that you can travel to, it's it's a great time. With yes. the knowledge that you will not be working anytime soon, unless you do have like a good connection with a dive shop or something that, you know, pre uh pre-agreements with a dive shop to do some work. There's just not going to be enough work for all of the people who are currently jobless in the diving industry right now. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my stipulation. I talk a little bit more about it in um, the the video that we uploaded a handful of weeks ago about real talk for dive professionals in 2020. Yeah. It's something that I think... Um, the trend will continue into next year as well, just because people are going to be really just pushing there. There's going to be a lot of competition for work. So if, if it's something that you've always wanted to do and you are not tied by money and you have the time and you just want to do it for you and possibly in the future work in it, then that's great. But I would not at all recommend somebody who is wanting to get into this, do it full time, make a living. It's just not a good time. It's yeah. really just not. And that I always want to be 100% transparent with students. I don't want people to get into something that is not going, that doesn't even have the opportunity to yeah. be anything substantial you know it's just not it's not a good time it's a great time if you can do the course and just enjoy it and learn but to do it as a career (laughs) I mean right now I'm not working as a a dive instructor and I damn well sure should be you 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 have your own business and you have all the things so yeah no I I'm glad that you you said it because I've been kind of replying to people who message me on Instagram because I try and be quite um, responsive there or even on my YouTube channel where I'm like look I don't think it's the best time for it and um, for a lot of people they do want to do it as a full-time job and they want this lifestyle which you know is difficult at the best of times (laughs) but right now it's just with the tourism I don't know I don't know it's it's as you said, to, we can't yeah. know what's going to happen. <laughs> it's, to me, it's a time of doing the things that you love, if you can. Um, but it's also for, you know, I, I, I say it in the, the video that I mentioned earlier. It's a time for personal development and other things yeah. that can be options. It's especially if... I'm talking to lifetime, you know, people who have been scuba instructors for a long time. It is time to expand that repertoire of being employable, of learning how to make money online. You know, we were talking about you and your podcast, like amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, There's just a lot of stuff that we can uh, do to diversify and to be uh, kind of more stable in this lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I've, I've had another episode about how 
even at the best of times, even when COVID wasn't a thing, you constantly need to upgrade your skills and expand your knowledge because of how the world's moving and especially the dive industry with how many people want this job that you do need to stand out above other people and having things like photography or videography or marketing knowledge, design, graphic design abilities, you know, like all of those things are so vital um, and will make you a real asset to any dive shop in the future when things reopen. So as you're saying, it's a good time right now for us to not feel disheartened, but use this time to like improve ourselves and do do those types of things like um, again i'm very lucky in australia like they're providing a lot of free education so i'm doing another university diploma because they're offering it for free so i'm like why not um and i get to study like sustainability and it's great and it's filling some time and it's making me feel productive on days when the world's looking a little dark Yeah, staying staying motivated and positive is a real a real struggle. Um, yeah, that's good that you're able to do that. <laughs> yeah, um, and I'm sure there's so many places online which which do a lot of kind of online courses or things that people can get involved in, and or even just getting out there with a camera and practicing, or you know, trying to mm-hmm. dive in your local area with just a dive buddy, or absolutely. I I don't it's just funny how long this has been happening because I remember making that video of me diving in a in a little bucket like a little seashell thing that uh, I have yeah. for the dogs um yeah, yeah. and I just I was like oh yeah diving during quarantine haha <laughs> it's been like eight months so I'm like oh I thought it remember would... when it was funny <laughs> yeah, like, oh that's not stopping um, yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, this, this, the chatting to you has been amazing. And I hope people, you know, learn about some of the positives we can take away from this crazy situation, but also the truth, um, behind how difficult it is for many people. And if you're listening to this, uh, you know, and you, you're stable and, you know, you're, you have your family around you and stuff, like we have to be grateful for those little things because, I cannot imagine how difficult it is for, you know, your your peers, colleagues and friends back in Indonesia or all these places which are so heavily dependent on tourism. Because, um, yeah, that's a whole separate. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, for us, we've been very, very fortunate because I have been able to come home mm-hmm. and work and, you know, I, I have a university degree and a job that I was able to just pop back into. Um, and that's been life-saving, yeah. honestly. You yeah. know, um, the the struggle is real and uh, we just feel, we feel super fortunate and we're just trying to take advantage of every opportunity that we can get, you know, connecting with other people, doing the online stuff, just making, making it work. Just make it work. You know, (laughs) who said that? Make it work. It's, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Tim, Tim Gunn from some design show. Yeah. Project Runway or something. There we go. I'm running out of things to watch on Netflix. It's a strange time. (laughs) 
Um, oh, man. Yeah, I'll I be still looking. have to watch. I still have to watch the octopus one and David Attenborough's. Yeah, I'm. I'm I actually halfway through the octopus one because I'm filming my reaction to it. Oh, um, sick. So nice. I'm halfway through it, and my computer ran out of space, so I actually have to finish that today. Um, oh, gosh. So far, like, the man learns how to track an octopus underwater. Let's just put it that way. Like, that is insane. Like, it's so cool. But can you, like, I can't even find, like, a mantis, I don't know, or, like, anything, and he's tracking an octopus. Like, it's, you'll enjoy it. You'll, you'll enjoy certain parts. Oh, shit. Um, anyway, I, I would like to finish off the podcast with kind of, um, a piece of inspiration and it's how I finish off all my podcasts, which is, you know, as, as an ocean lover, as someone who makes sure to incorporate sustainability in your dive shop, which is something we didn't chat about this time around, but we will in the future. (laughs) Uh, what is the one piece of advice you would give uh, people who want to help protect our oceans? Well, I'm a big proponent of do what you can right now. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times we can get really discouraged because we see all the messed up stuff going on and people not believing that the climate is in trouble. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here in California. We're on fire. Like the earth is calling out for help. Okay. <laughs> it's real. I forgot that but, that's still a thing that people don't believe in or I sorry. It is going the conversation okay, I don't I don't really want to get political, but the conversation <laughs> is being had. Um so my my thing is just start now. Start mm-hmm. now, do what you can and build. Build up. So start with changing the products that you use. Um choosing to go without. Like, it's something that I'm very aware of right now because I've been in Indonesia. We don't get a lot of stuff over there. Mm -hmm. And I'm back in the world of everything. (laughs) And sometimes it's like, yes, I could buy this. I could get all of these products, but do I need them? Mm. Do I need to contribute and part of that is because i've had a mind shift in 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 love one budget there's not a great waste uh facility there right mm-hmm. they don't recycle they burn their trash they, it's very troublesome and so my mind has gone to whenever i go to the store what trash is it going to make mm-hmm. do i need that more than likely it's a no yeah. i'm a vegetarian i I don't need a lot of that. I go in and I get my veggies and my fruits and mm-hmm. I'm a happy camper. So that's, that's really big. And then, you know, building up to supporting organizations that you believe in, um, donating if you can, volunteering for events when they ever happen again, um, you know, but supporting them online, um, you know, and, and not trying to take on the world in one go right now. Because yes. it's just not sustainable. It's about making small changes that are things that just in, get incorporated into your life and you can't imagine going back. That's yeah. what I do. Uh, and I think that's very wise. And 
the, that that question is, do I need this? Is such a good one. Um, it's wild. Sometimes I I sit and I'm. I mean the buying for convenience hmm. and for laziness is just. It's something that I I didn't. I don't know. You just don't, you don't expect it. It's sort of that reverse culture shock when, when you come back from places like that. Um, so yeah. I know what you mean. Coming back from Africa, I was like, but there are things. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can get things. What is, yeah, I've lived in Australia too long now where I'm like, <laughs> I get, I get the opposite. I get anxiety when I own too much stuff. I'm like, there's too much. Make it go away. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Just, totally. <laughs> I can't handle it. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for living like a comfortable life, but like, there's just a lot of excess, especially yeah. here in the States. It's a lot of excess and it's a lot of convenience, single packaging, mm -hmm. easy convenience. And it's like, does it really take that much time to buy in bulk and then put them in a container to take to, you know, for lunch? Like, I, I don't know. It doesn't really make a lot of sense to me, but it's just about those small mind shifts and yeah. getting people to start to see things differently. Because if you pr approach anything with a, you got to do all these things and they have to happen now, like everybody turns to you and nah, that's too hard. That's too much. Because yeah, it's a lot if you like look at the whole spectrum, but that's why you're saying just start with something now, small, mm -hmm. and it, it becomes easier. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> all right sarah thank you so much for your time uh and i'd love to have you back to talk about um the sustainability of diving uh at one point <laughs> whenever we were diving whenever we will be diving again yeah, when, yeah, I would when love the that. diving happens well, yeah. uh, i'd also love to hear about you know diving in california and because that's a whole for different sure. environment and kelp forests and their space in our oceans anyway so there's so much to chat about <laughs> totally totally i'll be down just let me know when we'll try maybe it'll take us less than you know six months to organize it <laughs> next time <laughs> covid <laughs> <laughs> all right thank uh, you awesome thanks Sorry for the several tangents we went on in this episode, but um, Sarah is a wonderful diving instructor, so knowledgeable, and I truly appreciated her taking the time to chat to me about the realities of owning a dive shop right now and how difficult it is, and uh, you heard it. Um, it's a strange time now, so just be kind to each other, love each other, support ocean-friendly businesses and companies, and yeah, you can still do a lot to help protect our planet and our oceans from home. Just little things matter. And yeah, if you guys need anything, please feel free to message me. I love talking to you guys. I love getting involved and giving advice or just, yeah, stories. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you, of course, to Graham Lowe's, who's the mind behind the music in this podcast. So he makes funky beats all the time. He's based in Brisbane. Go check him out online or live, whatever you can. Um, he's another fantastic human who loves our planet and animals and all sorts of stuff. So yeah, thank you guys. <laughs>